the first time in 2021 to the Strictly Conversational Podcast, where we have very strict and serious conversations only. I'm your host, Bailey Hunt, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host, Noah DeGeorge. Noah, how are you for the first time in the new year that's not so new anymore? <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, boy. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm good. Let's just say right now, I'm good. For the moment. I'm glad to be back. Wait, what is that? Are you... <laughs> that was very foreboding. <laughs> you said, oh, yeah? You're good for now. What the audience didn't know that, well, what the audience knew that Noah didn't know is that Noah's going to die tonight. Well, it's not, I mean, okay. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been truly a year so far, um, even though we're only three months in. And I think making a long and arduous story, very, very short, is that life is precious and life is valuable. And sometimes life is painful and difficult and, um, busy so we have been in that season of pain and difficulty and mostly and busy and mostly busyness i would i would He's say a busy boy yeah i would say that we are busy people in particular i'm a busy person um in my last semester of residential learning it's not terribly easy um to try to manage everything but i would say in my uh last semester of um living learning <laughs> I've been particularly busy. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, but tomorrow's going to be easier, an easier day for you. Why? Because it's Friday? Because you'll be sleeping all day because you'll be dead. Oh, no. <laughs> you'll sleep when you're dead. That's yeah, what they say. That's what they say. I can't wait to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Dude hasn't slept in 21 years. It's true. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's kind of been, it's just, it's just been a time. But we're glad to be back. And I think our intentions up to this point um because we got some new equipment we're not recording on it yet because today was just kind of happened in a rush we were like no it was like would you say it's busy yeah i would say it's a busy day wow crazy Noah, Noah texted me i think in like in the mid-afternoon was like hey do you want to record tonight and i was like yeah okay like <laughs> yeah, might as well. yeah yeah well you know and so i got back to, to to the room like after you know this very busy evening and i was like should we set up the stuff because we have like these new mics and stuff that we're ready to test out courtesy of Garrett McDowell. Our good buddy. But it's just not the day to do that. So next time, if we sound better, that's why. And if we sound worse, blame that's, Garrett. <laughs> yes. Putting that out there now. This is our uh, this is our libel check. Yeah, we are blaming Garrett <laughs> yes. for the worst uh, the worst quality next time. We'll work but, on it. We'll yeah, just see what's I'm up. I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, this episode, I am going to affectionately call the catch-up episode. Catch-up. And I think... That has multiple uses and it means a lot of things. So catch up as a homophone. Homophones. You know what is the weirdest homophone? What? Content and content. That just is spelled true. the same. Content and content. I hate it. I, I was with someone today who was like saying the word content. That, I was with you too. It was the same thing. That's when I thought it. Oh, we were in class. Yeah, we were in class. That's, <laughs> That's I, that right. literally just popped into my head. They were like, uh, blah blah blah. This content. Oh, we sorry. Like, no content. content. <laughs> So yeah, that is a very strange homophone. Go English. But like catch up. So catch up as in we are catching up, not together. Actually, this is the first time we've spoken in 2021. It, That's not true. It's just together. how it is. Yeah. Um, we're catching up um, and mashing our lives together with your guys' lives and just sharing with you where we are, what we've been consuming and what we have to share. And also I have a fun, I have a fun little uh, little side thing where I want to talk about what what the best condiment is. Is that because oh, you get ketchup? <laughs> oh my gosh, we had this right. whole conversation about homophones yeah. for a reason. Yeah, there's links. We are working on our segue ability. Sausage links, ketchup. It's all coming together. <laughs> you dip your sausage links in ketchup. Have you not? I've not done that. It's pretty good. Like like the breakfast sausage links. Yeah, I think like I've put like a lot of breakfast stuff together. Well, people put ketchup on their eggs, and I don't understand it. I do. Well, do I put hot sauce on my eggs? Do you understand that? Yeah, that's more understandable than ketchup. But I think the thing, the reason is people, okay. Well, we can get into this. people don't. Okay, so this is the thing. People don't like eggs. People no, don't like they eggs. don't. You're they right. don't like eggs. I don't like eggs, but I have eggs on my plate when I order breakfast, so I'm gonna eat it with something. So I'll just dump a bottle of Frank's Red Hot all over that guy, and it's just like... Um, it's um, just um. it's just eating Frank's Red Hot with consistency. Right. It has a texture. <laughs> You're like, man, I really love Frank's Red Hot. I just wish it had a texture. 
Oh, that's it's perfect. It's eggs. Eggs are just condiment <laughs> delivery system. I, I like the way that you think. Well, let's get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, I have a question for you. I just start this off. I have an answer for you, probably. What's the most recent thing that's happened in your life that you want to catch the audience viewers? That's up, insane. Up on? And I don't want to talk. I, I'm I'm not specifically bringing this up, right. but I'm leading you to talk about that. Uh, what I'm pointing to yeah, right now. Yeah, dude pointed at this one thing like seven times in a row. So, okay, so... Why don't you talk <laughs> about it, why don't you? We got back from spring break, and it was the first night that we got back from spring break, and, you know, we were all hanging out together. We had some friends over, and, you know, all that jazz. Jolly good time. Yeah, it was, it was a good night, and I was going to... So our microwave is not in our room. It's in our laundry room, which is down the hall from us. So I went to microwave like a personal DiGiorno pizza, and I come back to the room where previously everybody was inside our room, um, and everybody's in our common space now. And I'm like, why is everybody outside of our room? What's going on? And why are you all trying to open the door at the same time? And, You're making this sound way worse than it was, but continue. And then Aaron, our friend Aaron was like, well, Noah broke the door. I didn't break the door. And I was like, what do you mean Noah broke the door? So the door was waiting to be broken. So for context, every other room in our suite, we live with eight other people. So we have four other rooms in here. Ours is the only room, the only door that has this like metal protective guard on it. And and somehow in the interim of me going <laughs> to warm up that pizza and me coming back, Noah had somehow gotten the like the catchy thing off the track. And so the door couldn't open anymore. It, it was completely unlocked. Yeah, completely and unlocked. It was just, I, I pulled it shut. I pulled the door shut and the doorknob just gave a little bit. <laughs> so like, yeah, it was like a tug of war game that Noah finally won that we didn't really want to win. I was just way stronger than I realized. <laughs> Flex. Boom. Dude. Oh my gosh, he's so strong. But we had to call our, our on-call maintenance person and they came to the room and they're like, uh, well... I'm going to have to kick campus police in here. Uh, there are some people stuck in an elevator I have to go save. <laughs> We're like, all right. Like, we'll be, this guy will be back or whatever. Yeah, we'll see him in a little bit. Yeah. But, but he comes back with the campus police guy and thinking that they're just going to shear off our doorknob because that would be the logical thing to do with, like, I don't know, like a file yeah. or, like, whatever. And they come back with a freaking battering ram. I'm talking, like, cast out of iron. Yeah, Just, like, like solid steel. So, this jabroni, this this police officer, starts freaking banging down our door. And, like, over the course of 45 minutes. Yeah. Like, this dude obviously needs to spend some more time in the gym. Because he Boys. was having some... Taking shots. Yeah, he was just banging on our door to no avail. But eventually, like they they loosened up our our door handle and they just popped the doorknob off, and a, along with the, the metal protective guard that was on our door. And uh, now there and was, they they promptly left. They're like, we're back tomorrow. They, they were not. They back were not tomorrow. back tomorrow. And so there is this big hole where our doorknob was with like splintered wood all over the ground, and uh, we have currently taped our door shut uh, and put tape over the covering so that we can stick our hands up in the splintered wood and use it as a door handle door. so <laughs> that's we're living in luxury so apparently noah has an update to the story that he hasn't told me about so oh okay here's here's basically in. how it went down today okay i went ahead and called uh they said oh the locksmith needs to you know blah 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 do whatever i'll go find him ask him what the deal is she found the locksmith, and the locksmith was like, I don't know what you guys did, but uh, I just have to order you a new door. I just have to order you a whole new door. Who knows when that's coming in? <laughs> who has to fit the bill for that? Like, who has to, like, who has to, who has to pay for that? That's, Certainly campus police. Uh, right, right. That's good. That's not going to be us, right? Right. Right, like anyway, but but so we get a new door, which is we've actually been wanting a new door this whole semester because this door has been an absolute pain. Hey, so no pain, no gain. We're getting a new door. That's, That's awesome. Great. I um, can you, you ask them to put like a big bow on it? Yeah, like they yeah, put on yeah. cars, so they're like, "There's your can bow we, for your new door." Can we assemble it ourselves? Like, I would love to. We could put that guy up ourselves. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be peak. Um, anyways, that's exciting. That's the I think that's the most recent new development in our lives. And, uh, right. you know, other than that, nothing too exciting. Well, well, some things have happened, but that's like the most podcast-friendly thing that we can discuss at this moment. Actually, there's one other thing we haven't talked about on the podcast. Oh? 
I'm an engaged man now. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah. I, I was actually about to bring that up. I was like, we, did you get engaged before? We got engaged after? the day after our last podcast aired in the fall. Okay. So we haven't talked about so it. So it was that Saturday. And now the twenty first yeah, of November. Okay. So remember, remember the twenty first of November. November. First of all, let's all clap our hands. Congratulations for Noah. Oh my gosh, thank you guys. He got he got engaged. That's thank exciting. And his lovely bride to be. Um, and it'll be a wonderful wedding that I cannot wait to attend if I'm invited. Maybe. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> you're doing something in it, but just wait for the invite, yeah, okay? I'm not going to promise anything well, yet. I haven't got my RSVP yet, so, <laughs> so that's, that is exciting, and I forgot that hadn't happened since we last podcast before. Um, okay, so let's – I just wanted this, 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 this episode to pretty much be an extended version of the what have we been reading, watching, or listening to. Yeah. With that, like, condiment conversation, Oof. our spinoff podcast is called Condiment Conversations. <laughs> That's going to be tagged on. Welcome back to the Condiment, condiment Conversational Podcast, <laughs> where we have very sticky and saucy conversations. I only. like it. I like it. I think we should rebrand next week. Okay, we've got one episode in the pipe, and that's all I can think of. <laughs> uh, so I think I just want to talk about things that we've watched. I think I, I wanted to talk a lot um, about... A particular show that is like that started airing, I think, about a month and a half ago, and has now reached its conclusion because it's a miniseries. Uh, it's called WandaVision. WandaVision. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's kind of a big deal. It's a huge deal. Um, so, uh, do you want to explain for people who might not understand what WandaVision is? <laughs> do I need to? Yeah, I don't um, know. <laughs> WandaVision is the first of many uh, Disney Plus exclusive limited series, which is super fun. Uh, it's you know, rips straight from comic books, taking mm-hmm. everything from all the live action movies that we've seen and putting it in the smaller screen, yeah. uh, making it available to an even wider audience right. in different genres, different styles than you would see in a typical MCU movie. Right. Listen, the MCU is just like the biggest thing yeah, these days. It really it's, is. And I was talking about this earlier with Rachel about how, it's crazy how like how the MCU and Kevin Feige has like basically pulled together people that that go to the theaters because they're like, well, I'm not particularly interested, but I kind of have to. Right, exactly. And people are okay with that. Yeah, it's like an obligation. Like and this is like, WandaVision is the first of its kind to be like pretty much 100% that. Because I feel like most people are like, I mean, okay, but yeah, but this deals with other characters that I like. And, you know, I'll probably have to know what happens and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's the thing is that it's like kind of an obligation that you have to finish this piece of media to understand where it leads to. Yes. And what, like, people, you don't want to be that guy in the theater who's like, wait a second, what happened? Like, yeah, you and don't the, be the watching... guy's like, oh, sorry, you had to have seen WandaVision. All 10 episodes of WandaVision, which is roughly like, I guess it'd be five hours of entertainment. About, yeah. Um, which is an MCU movie plus a little bit more. Yeah. So, which is, I don't know. I think it was a very exciting thing. Yes. And for me personally, I found it to be one of the more exciting things that have come out of the MCU since its conception back in 2008. I think mm-hmm. there were a lot of unique aspects of it first off the sitcom structure for the first like five episodes in a row five or six four or five well it's like four straight and then there's the five context episode then it's another one i think it's three straight four context yeah yeah okay yeah so so they have have like so so the the series starts off with three episodes straight of just like a dick van dyke show-esque sitcom yes and i think some people were like I know we have a roommate who was like, I hated that part. It was the worst part for me. For someone like me who is decently exhausted with the copy-paste nature of MCU films, yes. this was super fresh and exciting. Mm-hmm. I think from beginning to end, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. The whole thing. Like, I, I think people can be like, well, this episode doesn't work as well, or this episode works better than others. But I think if you're looking at a thing from start to finish as a whole, I think yeah. it's really good. And we're talking like we've talked about this a lot with stuff, especially when The Mandalorian season two is out. Yeah. Where I rarely was like, you know, I'd finish a 30 minute episode and be like, oh boy, this one was a stinker. Right. Like this just wow, now and this is how I feel about it, and blah blah blah, and you're gonna hear about it, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, the you know, I like I like everything that this is doing so far. And, you know, next week. 
I get to watch more of it. Yeah, exactly. I just can't help but not feel that way. And it, I mean, it's not it's not cynical in any way to say like, well, this episode was better than this one, and this one was way worse than this one. I don't think it's like purely cynical. No, but I just have a hard time going only off of just okay. Let's let's separate all of these and and analyze them under a microscope. I don't think they're meant to be though. I think especially with something like WandaVision, which is a mini series, effectively like a big movie yes. just cut up into chapters, you should be able to look at it sequentially and also as like holistically and be like this worked not only episode by episode but worked in an entire framework. Yeah. And I think the problem with the other major D- Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian, is that like when you take season two in particular, sequentially, I think it works. But if you look at it over an entire season, it works less well. I think I was just about to say that yeah. too, because I mean, and this is no fault of Disney's. I don't think I think that this works in a lot of cases. Um, having different directors for each episode does lend to, I, I don't think it lends to disjointedness. I think it lends to the ability to perceive something as disjointed yeah in a way that's like well and another thing yeah i I think i noticed that in particular with like season one where the best episode was directed by taika waititi and the the tone was like slightly different because people uh, i i think every director wants to be an auteur they all (laughs) want to be like to have their stamp on things and especially if you're making a star wars thing it's the biggest thing next to the mcu the biggest thing that you could make you want to be like well that's my star wars thing and that's yeah. my stamp on it yeah and so i think that's the difficulty with the mandalorian obviously network television is full of people that like will direct different episodes but uh, you know i think that's 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 probably a good point and would aid in the d- disjointedness i think the mandalorian season two was fine yeah but i think wandavision is a much more successful venture as a season mm-hmm I have one major gripe, and I have one major rant that I wanted to do. Dude has to a major gripe. Yeah, do you have <laughs> major gripe? Major gripe. Um, I, people, and I, I've noticed this over social media and Letterboxd and on different articles or reviews Twitter. or whatever. T- Twitter is a big one. People are like, ah, WandaVision is so sensitive and so poignant. Wow, the MCU is really fine art now or hot. No, it was this word. The MCU is really high art now. High art, not fine art. What does that even mean? It's high art. Like, if you're saying that because it it, it, it grapples... Hold up. I'm going to stop you. I need to breathe for a second. Breathe for a second. I'm going to say something that's going to get you even more riled up. Okay. If you don't know what high art is, if you don't know what that means, you just don't get it. Oh, well, that's helpful. And I'm really glad to have that conversation with you. Oh, I'm sorry. I was possessed by a Twitter ghost (laughs) there for a second. I blacked out. What would I say? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well uh, uh yeah so people are like oh my God, i was sensitive or insensitive and elitist yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's kind of the letterbox mantra i think these days if you don't agree yeah. with someone then you're a flat dummy dog he's a flat dummy dog <laughs> or the dumbbell dumb dogs so what's your rant what's uh, your so, major gripe so this major gripe, major gripe. Uh, this major problem that i have people are like it's high art now and that i feel like feels productive to the entire marvel cinematic universe for a number of reasons oh yeah one you're saying that before this was <laughs> not high art and the way that they've grappled with grief and so that's the main thing it's like that because wandavision grappled with with grief and moving on PTSD. And, and, and ptsd and all this like prior trauma really effectively and because it has some quotable moments <laughs> that, that it's high art now if i hear one more person say what is grief if not love persevering i'm gonna freak out dude, because dude it's the quote of the year it's an amazing quote, the quote of the but century. if i see one more person on facebook doing it i'm just gonna explode like yeah. because the, i feel like in the history of the mcu He's about to blow. there's He's been a lot explode. of moments that are like that that are like really effective that we've just passed over because we've taken it for granted it's a superhero movie. exactly and if you're gonna tell me i understand a lot of people laughed about this but like fat thor for example yeah thor suffered so much trauma and so much grief that he ate himself into into an oblivion and drank and tried to numb himself if you're gonna say that that isn't high art comparable to wandavision i don't know what to tell you also to quote eat a salad that's a great scene it's just a funny quote but 
the scene with his mother. Yeah, after, beautiful. Like that's an um, incredible scene. And save that, but like if you're gonna like if you're gonna watch something like Winter Soldier, for example, uh. which is effectively trying to be something like a Jason Bourne movie or a sort of all the president's men but in the mcu if you're gonna tell me that like a political thriller isn't high art then what what, what are you doing i so i just don't understand this idea that it is only high art if i can quote it on facebook or yeah. if i can quote it on yeah. twitter or if i can point out all the the david lynchian moments in it it just annoys the crap out of me like it really does it really gets under my it really gets under my skin do you know what that is what i is think that? i think that comes from it comes from a place where people are they're only noticing it because it's shoved down the throat the fact that this is something that's so different from right the next spider-man movie or another iron man movie right or exactly the avengers again you know <laughs> the like, avengers but more this time but more this time <laughs> but again, Sam. <laughs> captain america 3 avengers question mark <laughs> like that it's so different from that in a way that you cannot ignore exactly to where it becomes something that is not mcu it's just the characters that you love but it's like what if we what if we just didn't do MCU movies with them and they did it is something way cooler and yeah. way more artsy. Like if we did the MCU characters, but it was a Wes Anderson movie, and it's yeah. like, oh well, that's high art because they're copying someone else. High, like, high art. Yeah. But I, I it just doesn't work with me. I think it's reductive to the MCU. I think I think you're looking too much into it. I think where WandaVision is successful is in its poignant moments, but like it is also a big, dumb Marvel thing, and I think it can be big and dumb and also high art. You know what's hilarious, though? What? Is it shows when people are like, oof, episode four, when they brought in all of the Marvel stuff that I've seen, you know, so many times, and, and now it's like, get out of my Marvel show, you Marvel things. <laughs> That's that's when it shows. That's so you true. Can, you cannot like those things where it's like, okay, I ha I understand that we have to be grounded. We yeah. have to know that this is this is connected to a universe that has been going on for a long time. It's right. been built up to be this thing, and I like the other stuff better. But you can't say like, well, that just doesn't belong. Exactly. Right. And like, even though I think that moment, that episode in particular, is probably probably my least favorite episode of the show, I think. Bridging a gap from where we were to where we are going, I yeah. think, is really important. And as an MCU property, it needs that. And I think that that episode is – I don't think that it's bad because of those things. I think it's bad because it's exposition. Yeah, and that's you know? never fun. Right. And I think, like, it just so happens that the characters that are inside Westview are more interesting than the characters that are outside Westview. Except for Jimmy Woo. Except for Jimmy Woo. Boy, Randall Park shy. forever. Man, he's so great. Yeah, just, so great. just the best. No, but you're right. Like, that's <laughs> – it's it's weird to be like, well, you know, I don't like this because they changed everything, blah, blah, blah. No, you're just unfamiliar with this because you're being reintroduced to a different version of the same show right. where it's just the other side of a coin. You have to introduce those characters. You have to give the ex the exposition. You have to understand the setting outside of what you've seen before. It's just another first episode, yeah. but you want more of what you've already got, and that's fine. Yeah, that's totally okay. Yeah, you can't just cut that stuff out. Um, I think just like... <clears throat> Yeah, along with that, I think there are things that you watch that are big and dumb, and I'll say it again, that can be high art or elevated art or speak to you on a personal level. Just don't reduce something based on, like, one quotable moment. That's all I'm saying. There it is. Yeah. Major gripe? Is that it? Major gripe! That's it! Okay, I can drive with that gripe. Um, so there's something else that I watched um, over... Well, not over winter break. It was when we came back. Over the podcast break. Over the podcast break. Right. Let's just call it that. Um, <laughs> there's winter break, then there's the podcast break, then there's spring break, and then there's post-break break. Oh, and then there's Easter break. And there's Easter break. <laughs> we never come back to school ever. <laughs> well, so. we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, you watched them. So, I watched uh, – well, I, I accompanied Daniel, our good friend Daniel, who's been on the podcast. Friend of the podcast, friend Daniel Stroud. That dude likes movies. You dude could does. say it. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. So Daniel last year watched a movie a day every day in 2020. I have now adopted that, but I've modified it a little bit. I basically want to watch a movie for every day in a month. So like I if, if there's 31 days in January, I'd watch 31 movies. Yeah. And 28 days in February, I watch 28 movies. So far I've I've done that and they've all been save for a couple new movies. Yeah. I, I don't know. Daniel, Daniel's out here inspiring everybody. I just, I, here's the thing. You would think that that kind of stuff gets old. It really doesn't. No, it, it hasn't doesn't. for me at this point. And I was just like watching a lot of good things in a row. And then yeah. I watched something really, really bad. Like 
What was it? Assassination Nation, or I'd watch like Malcolm and Marie, both made Oof. by the same person. Oof. <laughs> their connection, probably. And, yeah, and you're kind of like, we'd watch The Rental, directed by Dave Franco. It's, I, you know what I get after those movies? What? I'm like, boy, it's late and I can't watch another movie, but I really need to wash that taste out of my mouth. Yeah, that's why you're <laughs> like, well, I guess I'll watch an episode of Final Space yeah, <laughs> to yeah. make myself feel better. Um, but anyway, you watched a so, thing. Okay, so we accompanied Daniel, myself, and uh, my brother, Silas, and a few of us, um, kind of on and off, but... I, I went with all... You were steadfast. I was steadfast. Commitment. Yeah. Because it's one of my favorite things ever. Right. What is it? We went to go see Lord of the Rings. All three of them. All three of them in IMAX, in a movie theater. Yep. Phenomenal. Yeah. It was great. And it was Daniel's first time watching the a trilogy. First experience watching any of the Lord of the Rings movies. I mean, of course you see like prominent scenes on TV or whatever. They've got all of those running loop on TNT. If you still have cable, they really are just always running on TNT. Um, but like, it's like that in the Dark Knight. Yes, yes, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Five stars. Um, so we went to go see the Lord of the Rings and IMAX, and it was Daniel's first time ever watching them. And boy, I mean, what a first watch! Yeah. He he was blown away. Um, he loved all of them. Uh, I, he he loved two of them and liked the Two Towers. He loved two of them and pretty good liked the two towers and i think in context which you probably would like it more yes like watching the journey unfold i think that one works as a bridge you know well i mean we talked about this afterwards you're you're talking about relativity here where the first lord of the rings movie is a masterpiece and the third one is pretty much also a masterpiece the second one is great it's just not as good well that's the thing it's, and we, were, we were talking about this comparison with the the original trilogy of star wars uh, yeah you know the first and second or Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars are both masterpieces. Yeah. And then the Return of the Jedi is like good. It's good. But it's not a masterpiece and therefore it's the worst of the three. And that's that's a hard distinction to make, but you have to talk about that when you're talking about like ranking things. Exactly. And speaking of ranking things, I think you and I both agree on this that I've kind of just had I've come to terms with it quite easily, actually. Yeah. And I said this, I I had to kind of explain myself when I was talking about this to Rachel. Um, The Lord of the Rings as a trilogy, those three films is better as a unit than any Star Wars trilogy. I agree. The originals, the prequels, or the sequels. Because we introduced this idea, because I watched The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I watched it with my girlfriend, Isabel. Yeah, and um, it was not too, It was in the same time period. It was, it, it was, it was, close, it was close to the same time. Because we like, were all talking about it. Because we were all talking about it, and I kind of wanted to jump in on, on, on trend. Because I hadn't seen The Fellowship probably in a couple of years. Yeah. And I think being an older person, having more bandwidth to watch something that's long, and that might be slower in parts. And when I, cause when I was a kid, I was like, Two Towers rocks, because it's just been killing Urukai for the entire time. Yeah. But as I've grown up... It's a 45 I, minute long battle. The Fellowship of the Ring is, is absolutely brilliant, because it... In the, it's brilliant. In the, <laughs> Five stars, <laughs> literally, literally. Because in the same way that one division can be high art because of quotable moments, I think the Fellowship of the Ring, the Two Towers, and the Return of the King, each individually, are like really exciting IP, big budget movies, and also have these quiet moments that are actually really affecting. Yeah, like all we have to do is decide what to do with the time that we're given. Oh man, that's a paraphrase, but like that line in in the Fellowship of the Ring, I think it's the last. Well, well, after Gandalf dies, it's spoken again. Dude, spoilers, dude. Dude, this book's been out for years. It's been out dude, since the spoilers. 40s, dude. Dude, spoilers. But anyway, I, I still don't understand a lot about Gandalf the White, especially as an older person. But, you know, that's, Listen, that's a different I mean, conversation. Okay, that, that's a similar on conversation. Because he's like, I wasn't done yet. And I was like, who told you that? He's like, above. I was like, who's above? Well, right, yeah, there's, a, there's a god. There's yeah. a... Right. Yeah. They, it ha like, and it's, it not, it's not explained in The Lord of the Rings. Even the books, um, right? It's like it only yeah, not really. Brilliant. It's more touched on, but it's there's there's a religion, more of a, a deity sure. type stuff in Lord of the Rings. It's not overtly like pagan, yeah. you know. <laughs> you know, Jared Tolkien right. was like a devout theologian and Christian. Yeah. Um, well, that's obvious. So it takes it obviously takes its marks. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. And so I just think. Uh, in particular, I introduced this idea because I texted Noah after watching it and I said, The Fellowship of the Ring is the 
best opening to any trilogy I've ever seen. Yep. Uh, the first movie, your first movie is that good. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, and the last one is that good. I'm I was like, like I, I was just blown because I because I've seen the two towers in the intro, and I think the two hours, two towers is really good. Um, but I haven't seen the Return of the King since many years ago. Okay. But I, I like, I loved that movie so much. The yeah. magic of it, the the pacing of it, like the music, the performances, the costume design, everything is just 10 out of 10. It's just like so freaking good. I don't understand. It's great. Um, Last thing I wanted to talk about, because this is like, I, I had a lot of uh, first revelations this time through. And first. like, and this is like, not even close to the first time that I've seen these movies. Not even you close. Know, not even close. We grew up on these guys. Yeah. I remember having like, the dvds and they're all different colors and yeah. for some reason like yeah they're all like um, different colors it was cool so the my first revelation and this is just having watched it and being in the mindset of course this is not the first like i'm not the first person to say this probably <laughs> dude's a trailblazer he's pioneering <laughs> right now but it's i just think that it is poignant and interesting that like you talk about these movies and you're like okay well lord of the rings it's got jesus stuff and it. it's got right. religion stuff in it a well, star wars it's got some jesus stuff and it. it's got you know i mean a little bit right um, there's always those like pocket books that you put on like your your nightstand and it's like yeah. the gospel and lord of the rings the gospel and, and star wars and yeah. we've talked about this before way back in the day we talked about this yeah um but this is something that's interesting that i think is worth mentioning is gandalf having died and then resurrected right is like oh whoa that's like where, where did i hear that before <laughs> it's jesus yeah. right but you're like okay well same where song else? different tune yeah you're like where else do the connections go blah, blah blah this is like the one big one that i think that is like just the overarching you have to think of this when you're watching this movie that in the bible jesus is not the main character right and in lord of the rings Jesus is not the main character. Gandalf is not the main character. Yeah. He is a supporting character in someone else's journey. We have to fill the position of Frodo. It is our burden to bear to, to for better or worse, take the ring to Mount Doom, destroy evil at the heart of where it was born, yeah. and you know save ourselves and the lives of the people that we love. Like, that's, that's huge. That's a beautiful image. That's I mean, huge. Yeah, and like... I have nothing else to say because I think that image is just really brilliant. I think I just, that's, and yeah, that's really beautiful um, stuff. because it doesn't it does not shy away from the fact that I mean Gandalf literally like falls down to you know I mean for mm -hmm. lack of a better term a, a hellscape yeah um, fighting a demon of ancient times and comes back a few days later um, just pure as snow yes yeah and so you're like okay yeah that makes sense but you know I thought that the main character would be kind of more the Jesus person I mean. You talk about how contradictory Harry Potter is. Yeah. The main character is Jesus. Harry Potter dies and comes back to life. Right. And it's like, and then he was the coolest guy of them all. <laughs> Boy, he sure kicked butt. It's like, okay. No, that's that's like in John, I think. I think that's true. J.K. Rowling does not know what Christianity is. That's true. She just doesn't. Well, I don't think she really knows how to be a person these days. Either, I will but... fight anybody who says that she does. It's yeah. just so all over the place. Anyways. But, like... Yeah, and I think that's a good transition to what I wanted to talk about next. It's like, so about a year ago, I started watching a pretty prominent YouTube channel uh, called Good Mythical Morning. Which, You're welcome. Which Noah is a huge fan of. Big the, fan. The biggest fan that I know, save for my girlfriend Isabel, who also I've been, loves I've been that. watching for a long time. You both have been watching for yeah. a very long time. And uh, so Noah's watched for as long as I've known him. And I was like, I don't really understand what this thing is, but, you know, and then I was told about these, like, blind taste tests where mm -hmm. they, like, tried this restaurant's chicken nuggets and try to, like, guess where they're from. And I was like, that and Bailey super said, fun. Bailey said, I could do that in my sleep. And I watched all of those taste tests in one afternoon because I was working on this big project last spring break, so last March before the world ended, and I was, like, working on this project, and I just threw on these, these GMM episodes, and it was just, like, mind-numbing in the perfect way and it was like welcoming and inviting and fun and since then i've been watching gmm pretty regularly ex especially recently i've watched a lot of gmm recently i've watched every episode that they've released um probably for the month of march it's not February. really something that you miss out on once you're like once you want to do it you're just like well yeah. i've got another one the next I've got day. 15 minutes to kill i'll just watch this yeah. thing 
Um, but they have a podcast called Ear Biscuits, and basically in this podcast, they are more vulnerable than they are on their show because their show is watched by more by more people, and the podcast is them just talking. Typically, they're, they're older audience. Yeah, they're they're older audience, and I I love their like mission statement for their podcast, for like their tagline. It's like two lifelong friends talking about life for a long time. Yeah, it's like just fun. It's and great. Cool. But um, about a year ago, they talked about their spiritual just deconstruction from being professional Christians to not being Christians or stepping away from evangelical Christianity. And recently, and like the past couple of weeks, they've done like that episode, but like a year later. So just like checking up on the guys after they've like talked about their deconstruction and all this stuff. And deconstruction is something that's very valuable to me in, in, in a faith context because it I think... Be. It, it's the moment that we as adults decide what we believe for us and not just what we believe because we're told to believe it. Um, and I think what's really powerful in these Rhett and Link episodes is that they believe this thing for a long time and they've just recently, like in their 30s, stepped away from it. And they have a lot of bitterness and a lot of anger and they say a lot of things that they don't necessarily agree with um, just because they're like tenets of Christianity that I firmly believe. Right. But what led Rhett to a place of deconstruction more than anything was the church itself, the evangelical Christian church. And big C. He, yeah, the big C, like what this thing looks like as a whole in statistics. I'm not talking about your church body because you might say, my church body's not like that. We're accepting. We're, we're better. Built, we're built different. But you are a part of a community that is much bigger than your church body, and you are represented this way just because you have this label on you. The unfortunate nature of being an evangelical in 2021 is that you are put in a box with a lot of other evangelicals where you might not fit in. And that's just the nature of it. Well, maybe you do. Or maybe you do and you don't realize it. So Rhett was like talking about all these statistics and, you know, pointing out that evangelical Christians are more likely to be racist, homophobic, vote a certain way, and often follow teachings of people that don't represent Jesus. My favorite mm-hmm. part of this episode, or one of my favorite parts of it, was like when he'd read quotes of Donald Trump and then he'd read quotes of Jesus right next to it. Because like there is no disputing that you cannot follow this man, Donald Trump, and be a follower of Jesus because their quotes literally conflict against each other. And that's a hard that's a hard truth yeah. for some people because you know you want to separate those things, but if you're gonna I mean, you cannot live you can't live two lives and say that, well, this influences this half of my life. And then I'm influenced by this half. And right. Like you cannot pick and choose. It's hard. Yeah. You, you, you can't. And I think that was like a moment for me that I'm not, that is not where I fall politically. I think that is pretty widely (laughs) known by a lot of people, but I think it hit a different point because it's just like, I'm part of this group. Like I'm a part of this, like this movement because I call myself a follower of Jesus and, and that's really convicting to me. And like, how do we actively make the church better? And I think one of the the, the best parts of that episode, my actual favorite part of the episode, I think Noah's going to kind of introduce that, that, that movement. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. So it's something that uh, I pulled up a clip of just because I knew that, um, that these episodes had come out and I have not gotten a chance to listen to all of it, listen to bits and pieces, but one especially was something that I've been, you know, talking about with a few different people for a long time. And it's why, why are young adults leaving the church? Right. Um, and it's a hard truth to hear because so the, the way that they phrase it is um, that leaders in the church and adults of these, of these young adults, yeah. uh, the parents, parents, of, parents of the young adults, adults and like these mentors, essentially, they are blaming people like internet tainers, like Rhett and Link. They are blaming them for being more of an influence than the things they should be influenced by like scripture, right. like Sunday school, like worship music. They're blaming internet tainers, YouTubers, Twitch streamers, whoever people are idolizing these days yeah. um, for their disinterest in what the gospel has to say. Therefore, they are leaving the church. Rhett poses that, no, they're not. Okay. And he's not, he's, and he says like, he says, it'd be funny for me to take credit for it, but I don't think that people like us are to blame. He said, young adults are leaving the church because they are, they are learning the scriptures. Mm-hmm. They are listening to worship music. They are going to Sunday school and they're starting to realize that they, yeah. they're starting to realize that the things that they're being told are, it's not everything that Christianity has to offer. And sometimes 
is the wrong thing. Yeah, so they're leaving the church actively because they want to pursue something that is what their scripture that they've been told to memorize and take to heart is following. In, in like in they want to pursue something that is actually following that. And because the white evangelical church of today doesn't actually look like that, they want to go somewhere else. Yeah. And because of this, there is a much larger group in the church or in, in the world today called the religiously unaffili- unaffiliated, which are like dominating culture because like I've said this term a lot. Like I feel often like religiously homeless in a lot of ways yeah. because I don't feel like there are places that like I can a hundred percent fit in to this church body. And I'm not saying like that every church has to cater to my needs. I'm not saying that, but there are key things that I might like in this church body, but the, like these key things they don't agree with me on. Or like, I, I think in my convictions, it's like, for example, women in ministry, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah. Like a lot of churches don't believe that women can be pastors or leaders of churches. And I, I, I ardently disagree with that or churches aren't diverse enough. They don't have yeah. enough people of color in their I, congregation. I will say coming from a Salvation Army background, that's something that is good to look at when the Salvation Army is like, Oh, look at us women in ministry. Um, yeah. at the same time, Rachel's parents, for example, um, her mom gets paid less than her dad does yeah. and they so, do, they do almost the same thing. So the sexism is like inherent in their culture. And, and so I just found it so interesting and so convicting to be like, there is a reason that these, that more so than ever, that people are leaving the church. Young people are leaving the church is because they want Jesus. Like they want to pursue something that looks like what they're reading. And we, as a big C body, don't look like that anymore. Yeah. And so this is the last thing I have to say. Yeah. We can wrap this up. For sure. Um, there's a song that I really love by Jared Anderson off of one of his first albums. The song is Lost in Heaven. Um, it's an incredible song. I highly suggest you listen Shout to it. Shout out to J-Dog. Um, I messaged him on Facebook once. Did asking you? for guitar chords for a song. He, he was, responded, he right? Was, yeah, he was like, I think I can dig him up for you or something but he didn't he never got to it like buried his backyard yeah i mean anyways um but the line from this song lost in heaven is jesus save us from your followers why did someone have to say that Mm, and like what's so weird about the evangelical movement right now is that we are we're like struggling with ourselves yeah trying to let's just let's just be blatant and say the more progressive and the more liberal side of evangelical christians are really, really fighting for control, trying to overthrow these older traditional we, ways. We can't. And it, there's it's, not enough of there's not enough people on the progressive side to like win Christianity over to welcome more people into churches. Like I, I, I listened yeah. to this guy in class today talking like just like blatantly Islamophobic. It's like right. and, and the same person is like my favorite verse is love thy neighbor as thyself. It's like, dude, you don't get it. And no. clearly you don't get it. And like, that is so freaking common in the Christian church today. You're right. And it's just like, so, I mean, I what, are, what are we doing? How do you, I mean, how do you survive amidst this like Christian civil war? Yeah. Do you just wait it out? Do you leave? Do you say like, you know, you guys can figure that out. I'm just going to be over here. Yeah. snacking on some sunflower seeds i don't think we can watching the game I, I don't think we can i don't think we i know how to to do that yet and i think it's just i don't know there's a lot to unpack and we'll get into an episode eventually we've been hyping this guy up for a while where we talk about that in a longer form we talk about deconstruction and why it's so valuable and our own experiences with it and talking to someone else about his experience with it and like you know yeah, we'll, I, we'll get into that. I think now that we've got the ball rolling on season two, yeah, you know, season we two, can baby. we can we can make that happen pretty soon for sure. Now, a lighter note, um, we're gonna do this, then we're gonna wrap up the show because we've been talking for a while, we're running out of time. Uh, we're running out of time. Um, Noah, yes, what is the best condiment? Mayonnaise. Why? That's just hands down. It is. Yeah. It is a fact that too many people love mayonnaise. I, I think so. so. Na- no, no, no. Name a like combination sauce that is not mostly mayonnaise. I don't know if I can. And like, like my favorite condiment personally is like honey mustard. And I think honey mustard is like it's just like it's so versatile. It comes in so many different forms. It's so fun. It's so tangy. You know, it has mayo in it, but right? it, but mayo is the base of this. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think no. It's like mayo and Dijon, and and 
there's actually no mustard in honey mustard. I know. Because uh, I was like, I was at home over break, and I was like, how can I make honey mustard? And I was like, well, we've got mustard, and we've got honey. It's like, that's not <laughs> He said, he really said sweet mustard. <laughs> honey mustard, talk. But it would lead you to believe that it is. Yeah, but like, mayo is like, the bedrock and but i think to play the devil's advocate yes mayo cannot stand on its own yes it can but okay so, so you take something like honey mustard for example mm-hmm. you can dip fries in it right you can dip chicken in it yeah you can dip like if you want a block of cheese in it do you disagree with that do you agree that you can dip a block of cheese in honey mustard I guess you said it like you knew it. So, like when I was a kid, I you just take cubed cheese from the sandwich platter. I distinctly like... remember that when I was at my grandparents' house, I would eat like blocks of Velveeta and I dip it in honey mustard. Dog, that ain't even cheese. How gross is that? That's super gross. <laughs> the gross turn. That's super gross. But I don't know. Okay, listen, I, and I love mayo. You do, but like it's not like I'm just like squeeching out a packet into my mouth. <laughs> Every night, no, he's gonna eat his packet of mayo. Yeah, I gotta take my bed. back pill and just swallow it with a cup of mayo. <laughs> Noah only takes his pills and it's cracked up a new packet of mayo. <laughs> like pudding. So, yeah, some people cover it in little bread. Some people, you know, crush it up into their fruit punch. <laughs> not this guy. I just cover it in mayo and spoon the whole thing. I know there's a pill in there. I'm not even trying to trick myself. <laughs> I just like the mayo. Um, no, but really, like, okay, you were bringing up those examples, yeah, right? Um, the like the most common thing to put on like a chicken sandwich is mayo. Is mayo? And that's what I put on my Chick Fil A sandwich. You certainly time. don't put like ketchup on there. I mean, you I can don't. you can put honey mustard on have there. Have you ever tried putting ketchup on a chicken sandwich? I have. It's gross. It only works when they're the breaded chicken sandwiches you get from like school cafeteria. Uh, yeah, exactly. But nowhere else. Did you guys hear that train passing? There's the train. Anyway, go ahead. Train coming to take us away. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. We gotta soon. go quick. <laughs> Listen. Mayo does stand on its own. And, okay. You're the first person I've, I've met up to this point when I was 18 who introduced me to the fries and mayo combination. I, okay. People talk to me about this because they're like. Game changer. They're, they're like, oh. Oh, you like fries with your. Oh, you you like mayo fries with Fries with your mayonnaise? That's probably closer to the truth. Though, oh, you George. like mayo with your fries? You're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I ask for it at every restaurant I go to. And people, are like, people are like, that's pretty interesting. I've never tried it, and I think that that would be the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth, and I'll never do it. And I'm like, okay, suit yourself. I'm num, 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 right? <laughs> everyone, but everyone that I have gotten to try it is like, Dude. hold on a second. This is it. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, here's the thing. is People are like, you know what? No, I'm like ketchup or nothing. And it's like, oh, actually, though, have you tried fry sauce? I'm like, yeah, it's mostly mayo. Yeah. So we were talking about this last night, and because Noah, for his Valentine's Day dinner with his his fiance he made like nice burgers and he would like wanted to like replicate big mac sauce just did some homemade big mac sauce and, and big mac sauce starts with a whole cup of it's mayonnaise a cup of mayonnaise and then a splash of everything else like <laughs> just a sprinkling of onion powder yeah just a dash of ketchup just a skosh <laughs> of like french dressing or whatever right just but, a skosh but so much mayonnaise yeah, that that's the thing it's like it's hard for me to refute this statement because like mayonnaise it's like essential yeah like, to everything i eat it's really weird though like mayonnaise on my burritos mayonnaise on my i thought about it really i thought about it what one of the weirder things that i've tried was like so we we, we have this like pasta place that's like open late at our campus and i've tried like a pasta bowl so it's like like pinna pasta with cheese on it like like shredded cheese or whatever i was like can we try mayo on there it works you try to make like an Alfredo with just mayo. You just like want a creamy thing. Alfredo. Alfredo. Yeah, that's we good. We should make it. Here's the thing. Um, now, last thing. This is my last thing about condiments. Okay. Yeah. I, like I can't even vouch for any other condiment. It's not even like you I can, really can't. I I can't. I think ranch I, is a, is also a contender. In yes, that actually. But again, that's like so close to mayo. You're just asking for a little bit more. Just like tang. zing. Just the tang. Um. Here's the one thing that I will say, though, is recently I was like, holy cow, I'm seeing all these advertisements and stuff for, uh, what is it, for, like, Heinz's, like, combination sauce, Cranch. Cranch uh, and barbecue racha or whatever. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. Or mayo-Q. So mayo-Q. 
is incredible. Yeah, barbecue sauce and mayo. It is one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. And not like, too much barbecue sauce, though. You can't use too much barbecue no, sauce. No. Yeah. Um, but then also, like, you can make it yourself. <laughs> no you one know? and I have made it ourselves. <laughs> we made it we made it ourselves just to finish a, an entire bag of dino nuggets. My parents bought us a fun nuggets, dino nuggets, and we ate the entire thing with this mayo. With mayo cube. With mayo and it's cube. like I would never turn back to any other sauce. Yeah. On stuff like that, it's like I'm gonna take some mayo cube. Mayo cube on a bratwurst. Oh my goodness. Burger, you you got it. But, but okay, me. so like mayo with pizza. So like pizza you can dip I I think you can dip like pizza and honey mustard. I think you can dip pizza and ranch. And then you can you can't dip pizza and ketchup, that's gross. Ketchup no, is can't. not one of the worst is not one of the best condiments. It only really works on burgers. And yeah. I stand to that. Or Same fries. with mustard. Well fry yeah. Mustard's no. like a, not no. you don't you, what what? Don't. What? Just what? don't. What? What? Do not dip your fries in mustard. No, I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm saying mustard's like... good on like I'm told on hot dogs. It's good on stuff, but it's not just like I'm about to dip some mustard in the like, good. No, it's no, just no, mustard. No. It's too gross. much. Gross. Um yeah, mayo's the best. I mean if you disagree, like you're you you like aren't correct. Like that's <laughs> just how it tell is. You. And it's if you say like, no, well, I like this better than I like mayo, I guarantee it has mayo in it. Yeah, hundred percent. It'll change your life if you just Cut out the middleman, make it mayo. That's make the it. new dude. That's the new tagline. Hashtag make it mayo. Strictly conversational season two. Make, make it, it mayo. Jinx. That about does it for this episode. Boy, what if I just closed out right now? Bailey, come on, this is your thing. Yeah, so we're not gonna do the what, what, what we've been reading, watching, listening to because we just did we're, that for like the whole it. episode essentially. And if you have questions, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, special shout out to the wonderful Brady Bolden for writing, composing our fabulous theme. Again, I'm your host Bailey Hunt, and you can find me at Bailey James twelve fifteen on Instagram and Bailey J Hunt on Twitter. That's it. And wait, 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 wait. No, I was saying like you got it right this time. I did it? Yeah, you did it. Cool. I, I think. Gosh. Uh, and I'm your co-host, Noah DeGeorge. You can find me at Noah underscore DeGorgeous, both on Instagram and Twitter. And you can check out our podcasts uh, on Instagram at Strictly Conversational Podcast. You absolutely can. Um, next time, we don't really know what we'll be talking about. Um, we'll figure it out when we get there. Um, it's a and we thank you for being on this ride with us for so long. Hopefully this season will be as long as last season. Um, we'll have some more time because after the semester ends, Noah will be staying around for a bit more. Around. So we'll have like four weeks or so. We're both like in the same city. So we'll try to record for longer um, into June. So this season yeah. will last until around June. Um, and hopefully we'll have better quality as the, uh -huh. as the show goes on. Yeah. And I'm okay with our quality now. I think it gives us kind of a rough hewn, yeah. sort of charming, mountainous. It's rugged. We're rugged. Rugged is the word. Yeah, I'm like in this like really soft like quarter zip. But I'm like, I'm so rugged right Dude's now. Dude's hands are tucked all the way into yeah. his sleeves. I have a Paw Patrol mask that I'm looking at right now. And but I in the I'm meantime. But in the meantime, be good to one another. Don't take yourselves too seriously. And for the time being, Still. wear a mask. Still, please. Also get back to it. We'll see you later. See you next time.